0: So no, most couples do not anticipate the challenges and the degree of changes that happen after the baby arrives and then yes. also you know the baby is the priority and that should not change but that also leads to the couples le- neglecting their individual needs as well as their relationship needs if they're not aware of it.
1: Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama in 30, where we are all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health, infertility, mom guilt, and the craziness that comes with raising a family. Get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's work to embrace the messy together. Hey,
2: hey, mamas, welcome to another episode of the Messy Mom Podcast. Today, Bailey and I have a guest on, um, Calista Anderson. She is a registered nurse, a certified lactation counselor, and a mama of three. So um, today we're talking about, obviously, a topic that Bailey and I have talked a lot about in depth in terms of postpartum depression. But today we're putting a little spin on postpartum, and Calista is going to Talk about more of that transition and how to transition your relationship into the postpartum period. So, you know, we focus so much on the transition between mom and baby for good reason, um, but we, we kind of leave the dads out and the transition between the relationships. So, Calista is going to join us today and talk about that. Uh, welcome, Calista.
1: Hi, ladies. Thank you guys for having me on. We're so excited to have you. Me yeah, too, definitely. This is- with um before we kind of jump in, why don't
0: you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, yourself, your family, anything you want to share? I'd be happy to. So again, my name is Callista Anderson. I am a wife and a mama to three kiddos, um ages eight, seven, and one and a half. Um, I have my company, New Mom Boss, where I coach and educate pregnant mamas and help them transition into the postpartum period. Um, I, and I do that through my podcast called the New Mom Boss Podcast, as well as my program, New Mom Prep School. Um, and yeah, and I'm a registered nurse and certified lactation counselor, like Carrie mentioned. It's awesome. You've got, you've got, I'm I'm so excited to talk to you because we've, we've obviously talked, we've been on your
2: podcast in the past and talked a lot, um, just about other things. But, um, when you sent us this topic, I was pretty pumped because it's, it's so true. You know, we, we, we focus on, we try to focus on being a mom. We try to focus on the baby and I feel like those relationships are totally left out. So when you brought this topic up, it was, it was almost a no brainer because it's something we've, we've never talked about, um, So yeah, let's just jump into it. Um, And maybe why don't you just start by telling us, you know, why is it so important to prepare your relationship as part of preparing for your baby?
0: There are so many reasons why this is important. And the very first one is just to get it into people's awareness. You know, I think, you know, you mentioned when the baby is born, all the focus is on the baby as it should be. And then, you know, the focus on mom, which I think needs a lot of Um, culturally, I think we need to boost that up as well. Um, But then after that, it's the relationship, you know, between mom and dad, Um, especially with the first child, you know, that's a very big change in dynamics going from two people to three people, you know, to the, the mom, dad and a baby in the home. Um, Yes, (laughs) so much happens at once. And it's like, Overnight, right? Like birth is a great event. And I know you guys, you know, when you came on my show, you talked about labor being this, this huge event in our, in our pregnancy journey, which it is. Um, But that's like a one day event, which is super important. But then you get home and then it's like a whole new world. And so that is why it's so important to, you know, start talking about these things and why it's something we need to, you know, shine a light on. You know, most couples do not anticipate the challenges and the degree of changes that happen after the baby arrives. And then yes. also, you know, the baby is the priority and that should not change. But that also leads to the couples. Le- neglecting their individual needs as well as their relationship needs if they're not aware of it. Um, I
2: Totally. Yeah. I can, I was just going to say, I completely, I completely can relate. It is. It's like when you come home, you don't, there's some things that, you know, you can be prepared for, obviously things you can't be, but I don't feel like I ever, you know, we never really had a conversation about our relationship um, and just what to expect with the baby coming into the world. So um What was it like for your relationship, Calista, after you have, after having your first baby?
0: So with my daughter, you know, it was hard. Um, I think it's just pretty challenging the first time around for most moms. And that's what was hard for me was (laughs) I didn't expect it to be Mm -hmm. so challenging because I had always wanted to be a mom. You know, I had the Pinterest perfect room. I had all the baby stuff, all the little clothes were washed and folded like Con Marie style. And um, we brought the baby home and it was like, whoa, that sleep deprivation was really, really hard. You know, there was nothing that could have prepared me for that. Um, just the feeling of it. You know, anyone can tell you what it feels like, but to feel it yourself is a whole nother story. And um, as far as my relationship went, it was hard because there was just no time to like talk about the changes. Like we were in the change and um, it didn't happen, you know, that those conversations didn't happen till, you know, it was weeks or months later when we had to make adjustments with sleeping arrangements and, you know, my husband's work arrangements and those kinds of things. And also, you know, it, it felt lonely the first few weeks because you're, you're just focused on the baby and not on each other. And you miss that, you know, watching shows together and like talking about your day and all that was either really minimized or just non-existent, you know, for the first several weeks.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And obviously being pregnant with my first, this is a good conversation for Kevin and I to have, because yeah, that's something I've never really, you know, truly thought about, but I can understand why it would be so important. You know, it's not talked about a lot and why that needs to happen. So we've obviously identified that it's important to kind of establish, um, you know, those good relationship kind of tasks and tips, you know, before baby comes. Um, but what specific tips do you have to prepare for your relationship when baby comes?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have four Steps. I like to say steps because you can kind of do this in order and preparation for the transition. So step one is, you know, talk about it, we, which we already kind of went over, you know, talking about it with your partner and um, think anticipating the changes and trying to. Um, so trying to make those changes ahead of time. And then the next one, step two would be, and this is my most favorite one, because this you could take, you know, past the transition and past the postpartum period is to find out what your love language is and what your partner's love language is. Are you ladies familiar with that? Yes. Gary Chapman five love languages. Okay, cool. So do you know what your partner's love language is? I think I do. I, I I think his is acts of service. Isn't that yes. one of them? So, the, Just for the yeah. listeners, the five love languages are receiving gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and physical touch. And mine is physical touch. So, you know, the way we like to receive love is not – the way our partners might like to receive love and we might be giving them what we want. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to know. And there's actually an app called the, the love nudge app. It's a free app. Um, It's by, I I believe Gary Chapman's, you know, company. Um, And you can take Mm -hmm. the quiz right in the app and then it'll actually break down the percentage of each love language for you. So, you know, like what your number one, um, love languages and then the following and see which one, um, if they're, you know, you might have two and you don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it also gives you like little alerts to, um, it has your partner take it too. And so you can, it'll, it'll send each of you an alert to like, it's to nudge and give the other person a little love language. Okay. Nudge.
1: Well, that's a good idea. Oh, that, that is a good, <laughs> that's like a good reminder. Cause yeah, you get so you get so involved
2: in
0: everything that goes on. You don't really think. About yeah, it. definitely. And I'd like to just squeeze in And this step is like, um, you know, if you're pregnant, as you are, Bailey, one of the things I like to tell my clients, like before they have the baby is to set up a date night ahead of time. So just put it in your calendar. Now think about what you want to do in the first fourth you know the four in the fourth trimester in the first few months that way you don't forget about it because you will you know that's gonna just be on the back burner if it's even on in your orbit at all you know so just having (laughs) it in your calendar so that it's ready to go and you can make arrangements ahead of time um is really important i think in that that transition for your relationship yeah definitely and then let me just keep going. So um, I would say the next thing to help your relationship transition is to, to set up your support system ahead of time. And the most important part of that step is to actually use them. I think moms, <laughs> you know, us women are very, you know, we're strong, we want to feel independent, like, and some people look at asking for help as weakness, you know, as a sign of weakness. And that needs to go out the window because it really is true. You know, the old adage that it takes a village to raise a child and you can do it alone. It's not like it's impossible, but you're not going to be very happy. You're not going to be taking care of yourself and your relationship is going to suffer. So the support system I like to tell women to get is to think of all the things you may need or may not need, but you you look these people and services up and vet them and do your research so that you don't have to do it when you need them or if you need them. So some of the things are, you know, lactation support, finding someone or a group that can help you with breastfeeding if you have trouble breastfeeding. Um, A doula, whether you wanna use one for your birth, your childbirth or for postpartum, there's postpartum doulas as well. Um, A physical therapist, you know, if you need any pelvic floor training type things or pe- mamas such as you who specialize in fitness, you know, getting back into um, working out and recovery. And the other, um, the the one I would say is the most important of these, these um, of this list is um, a therapist, an individual therapist mm-hmm. and a marriage counselor. So you may not need them, but it's hard, you know, especially therapists, because you're, if you ever do need one, it is, you know, you, you have to be open and comfortable with that person. And so you want to make sure that you are comfortable before you even step into that, that, um, session. And that's going to be hard to do when you're sleep deprived and breastfeeding (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, or just like having the energy, like you said, like, you might be in the moment and
2: say, like, I need this person now. And you haven't put the time into looking them up and going through the whole. And, like, you, there's no way you have the energy to do it. So you kind of just say forget right. it versus, like you said, if you were prepared, you might
0: actually make that phone right. call. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. So, like, curating your village before the baby arrives. That way you're welcoming the baby into the world with you and your partner. But then you have this village that will back you up if and when you need them.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically trying to plan ahead before the crazy. Yes. Goes, essentially.
0: It's like, um, like a doomsday prepper type of situation, <laughs> but then you hope for the <laughs> better.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, well, those are such great tips. I think a lot of people will find those really helpful. So how do you specifically help your clients prepare their relationships before they have their baby? So
0: I prepare them by preparing their self, their space and their significant other. And, you know, I try to give a lot of that through my podcast. Um, And then I also work with women one on one. And the last way I help uh, pregnant mamas is in my program, new mom prep school, which actually opens um, next month again in the end of May, and that is a four week program where we go over everything: the self, the space, significant other, um, and your village, with group coaching and and videos and workbooks and you know all this stuff that you will not get in a hospital class, and. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the three main ways I help pregnant mamas. Well, that is
1: such good information. I feel like, especially the four tips, I guess, like I said, I've never really thought about this to be quite honest. So this is the first time I'm really thinking about it. So in my head, I'm thinking about, oh yeah, I should do X, Y, Z. And You know, I think, you know, just from my standpoint, sometimes it can be overwhelming because there's so, especially for a first time mom, because there's just so much you feel like you have to get like for the nursery, for the baby, so much you have to learn. And then on top of that, worrying about, you know, labor, delivery, postpartum recovery that sometimes I feel like the relationships do get pushed to the side. In reality, it should probably be one of the first things that, we focus on because it's so important.
0: Definitely. You know, when you're in a fight with your partner, it just doesn't feel good. Right. And that's like pre baby (laughs) pre like all these added responsibilities. And so I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that you'll never get in a disagreement. Even if you do all these things, but if you're ready for it and you're, you just have this awareness that your relationship is part of the transition that is going to have major changes you'll, you'll be better off, you know, just starting out with that Mm -hmm. awareness and giving yourself grace. You know, when things are hard, it's okay. You're all going through it together. You, your partner and your baby. And I just Mm -hmm. want to mention one last thing, um, about the transition is, um, and I know you, 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 Um, I think you may have someone else coming to talk about this, but I just really wanted to touch on screening and monitoring for the postpartum blues and postpartum depression. Um, What I learned is that every pregnancy is different. I knew that, but I didn't really um, practice that as far as this. Um, There's a test called EP. um, EP, what is it? Edinburgh Perinatal Depression Scale, so EPDS, and you can look that up. Um, There's tons of different websites that have the quiz, and you should take this quiz between 28 and 32 weeks um, pregnant while you're pregnant, and then again, six to eight weeks postpartum. So you have a baseline, and then after the baby arrives, you check just to make sure nothing has changed or Maybe something did change, and then you can seek the help that you need. Um, and also, having your partner learn about what this is, so that he or she can, um, you know, help identify if it if it does arise. Because that's that's what happened with me. I didn't have it with the first two, and so I didn't feel the need to you know it just wasn't in my awareness for the third time and that's when I had it and so just making sure that you are checking in on yourself um and your partner because my partner my husband's the one who picked it picked up on it and said hey yeah He was like hey I think you're depressed Mm -hmm. because I was crying you know after I would put the baby to sleep while I was eating like for no reason I mean there are reasons like you're tired, you're hormonal, but like, I couldn't even other than those two things, like there was nothing in front of me causing me to really cry, you know? Um, and so, yeah,
2: that was, I'm with you. That was exactly my two were completely
0: different. And I think what you said, you know,
2: every pregnancy is different. And I don't feel like people take that as like your own pregnancy. Every single pregnancy is different. People just think like every pregnancy is different, like mine mm-hmm. compared to yours, but no one compares them to their their, own. like, you know, my first pregnancy. Yes. Like the postpartum period from my first to my second was completely different. And no one, no one really thinks about that. You just
0: assume, well, I've experienced this. Yeah, form, so I've got exactly. it. Exactly. Also, I have no history of depression and that does not mean anything when it comes to postpartum depression. You know? So I was shocked yep. when I felt that weight. I'm like, this isn't me like this. I was, that was really uh, almost embarrassing for me you know, just my own, like, just being hard on myself, like shameful that I didn't catch it. And how could I not have known? And why do I feel this way? Like, of course, I love my my kids and my baby. But I literally like one night when I was rocking the baby to sleep, exhausted and, you know, depressed, not knowing it, I was thinking, you know, I love my kids. But if I if I, I went out tonight, out of this world. I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that thought, like, and then again, the shame, and you know, you know, I told my my uh, my husband was asking me a bunch of questions, and I told him I was honest with him about what I was feeling and thinking, and you know, and just that alone too is like just having someone to express yourself and not hiding it, not making it the secret. It loses its power. So. That's why it's Mm -hmm. super important that both your partner and you are aware of these things.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. Did you seek like professional help from someone? Like you talked about one of the tips of a therapist
0: or a counselor, or how did you go about dealing with that? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So, um, I went to my doctor. It was, it just happened to be my one of, I got an extra postpartum visit. Lucky me. Cause usually you have the one, you know, (laughs) six to eight weeks after you have the baby and you're, that's it. You're done. Um, but I had healing issues. So I had another extra appointment and I told my doctor, you know, I think I'm, um, I have postpartum depression. Like, I I was pretty sure I had it. I just wasn't officially diagnosed, you know. So I, I told her, and um, she was ready to pull out her prescription pad, like, in her pocket. She's like, well, do you want something for that? And I was like, um, maybe, but... I was like, I don't know if I want to take anything right now. You know, I have nothing against taking medication, but I don't believe it it's, should be the first thing you do. So I declined and um, I went to my therapist. I already had one, thank goodness, from um, a few years ago. Um, not, not anything related to pregnancy. Um, and we actually used her as a, a marriage counselor as well in the past. You know, I, I love marriage okay. counseling. I don't know about you ladies, if you've ever tried it, but oh, yeah. I think
1: Carrie and I say, everyone should have some type of counselor not- or therapist, regardless if you think I, you need I one I or not that too. It's, It's just like working your body.
2: It's a muscle. You need to work it. You need to train it. It takes work to be a healthy, you know, have healthy
1: relationships, have healthy thoughts. And I I think 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 it takes work. Good to have just a non-biased third-party opinion, you know, that doesn't know you, doesn't know your Mm -hmm. partner um, or whatever the situation may be. If you're not even – if you're going to therapy, you know, without a partner, just yourself, it's just good to have someone look at it from a different perspective who's obviously trained in it and can give you the advice and help them. Right. Like someone looking
0: in and connecting the dots for Mm -hmm. you is so important and Mm -hmm. it was so helpful. And I, I like going back every few years. I'm like, babe, do you want to go see Carol? (laughs) It's like a (laughs) tune up and it's, you don't have to wait. Yeah. Like, a disastrous fight or like you're on the brink of divorce, you know, I think it's nice to just go in every once in a while to just make sure everything is, you know, going smoothly or if you're starting to feel something, but you know, your partner's not really getting it. I think it's, it's good to have that third person, third party, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I went to therapy for a few sessions, maybe like I can't remember, three or four. Um, So that was one big thing that helped me come out of that depression. And then I made changes with the schedule with my kids because I think what happened was um, I have the two older kids and we homeschool We've always homeschooled like from the beginning, not distance learning. So we used to be we were part of a co-op and I just loaded them up with like full days of co-op days and then all these extra curricular activities like soccer, dance, gymnastics, thinking that if I keep them busy, they they would be better off you know they wouldn't or they wouldn't be jealous of me and the baby not that they really were they were already like six and seven um but what happened for me was I ended up missing them so there was that transition also with the children you know like I went from being with them all the time Mm -hmm. to you know now I'm just with the baby and that made me feel really lonely so for the moms Mm -hmm. out there who are having, you know, their second or third baby, that's another thing to keep in mind is the transition of the relationship with your older children.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I definitely. Well, thank you for being so open and, you know, honest about that. I think, you know, a lot of women, they don't hear that from other women too often. And I think it's becoming a little bit more known but thank you for sharing your story and, and everything that you went through because I think that will definitely help some other mamas who are listening to this and might be feeling that certain way as oh, well. Oh, my
0: pleasure. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally open about, you know, sharing my experience because I do think it needs to be talked about more and it'll help lift the, the shame. You know, I know I had it too. So mm-hmm. yeah, sharing about mm-hmm. that is, is helpful to me as well. Mm hmm.
1: And the stigma, too. You know, I think so. There's such a stigma behind mental health and wellness still. And I feel like it's getting better, you know, each year. Um, but I think the more people that share their stories, the more, you know, that that will decrease, too. Yes, so I agree. So the last question that we have for you and as everyone who regularly listens to our podcast knows, we ask every single guest this and that is what is a messy mom moment or moment that you can remember and what is your advice to other mamas on how to embrace the messy?
0: Okay. My, the the one that sticks out for me is having a clogged duct. Like this is, you know, very common. So if you have one right now, mamas, or if you get one in the future, just know that it's super common, but it was messy for me because it just threw me off. You know, this little duct on my nipple that was clogged, um, was such like, it took up so much space in my head. I was constantly trying to just unclog it. And just some quick tips is, you know, um, warm compress, w- uh, hot shower, massaging your breast. It does take a while. Doing yes. all the things. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> and nursing. Like having the baby just nurse, like, is probably the best thing. And then pumping would be second. Um, but whenever – it happened a couple times. And that just, you know, it took over my my days when I had it. I was just constantly trying to, you know, get rid of it and um so yeah that's because it it just scrambles my head and it makes my days messy and so I would say that's what's memorable that and sticks out for me and um how do you embrace that (laughs) um I would say um just know that it's gonna pass even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment um you'll never hear of a clogged duct that lasts like a month or a year so just know it's That's good to know. (laughs) Yeah, it's inevitable that that duct will get unclogged. Um, But yeah, just giving yourself grace and knowing that it will pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, yes, I've definitely heard of that in the past. I mean, obviously, it hasn't happened to me yet, but I'm sure it will at some point or the (laughs) night. Oh, it's good to not last forever.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes, even though it feels like it.
1: (laughs) And just remind yourself. Yeah. Carrie, did you have any issues with that? I'm just I feel like I had it
2: one. I feel like I had it once. And yeah, they're not they're not definitely. Well, that's why there's great
1: people like you and other (laughs) lactation consultants out there that can help us out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This has been so great. Thank you so, so much for coming on and just sharing your information about how to, you know, really make that transition in your relationships when a you know new baby does come into your life. Like I said, for me personally, that's just not something I've really thought about. So maybe that will be a conversation over the dinner table later tonight.
0: <laughs> uh, with Kevin, I feel like that's something yes. yeah, that
1: definitely should be addressed. I think a lot of mamas will find it extremely
0: helpful. So we really
1: appreciate you coming on.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And it's my pleasure to talk about these things.
1: Yes. And I know that you had mentioned – earlier where mamas can find you. Um, but if you wouldn't mind mentioning it again, and I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. Um, if we have mamas out there who are interested in learning more about your program or just information that you share, where can
0: they find you at? Yeah. Thank you. I'd love to share that. So I'm on Instagram at new mom boss. Um, and my program, you can get on the wait list or just get on the wait list. If, um, you know, just if you're interested, it's newmomboss.com forward slash waitlist. And then the podcast is New Momboss Podcast and all the major platforms. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so, so much for coming on. Mamas, if you would like
1: to love on this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. That just helps other mamas find us to learn how to embrace the messiness in their lives. And until next time. Bye, mamas. Bye.